All right. My guest today needs no introduction, but nevertheless, William Ramsey is an attorney, an author, and a researcher. He's written a number of books which are very relevant to the interests of this show. Uh, some of the books that he's written include Prophet of Evil, Aleister Crowley, 9-11, and the New World Order, Children of the Beast, Aleister Crowley's Shadow Over Humanity, Abomination, Devil Worship, and Deception in the West Memphis Three Murders, and the book that we are going to talk about today, Global Death Cult, The Order of the Nine Angles, Adam Waffen, and the Slaughter of the Innocents. How are you doing today, Mr. Ramsey? Doing well. Thanks for the invite, Jimmy. It's great to be with you. Oh, yeah. I was very excited to have you on. And I was listening to interviews, you know, your appearances on different shows well before I ever started my show. So I've cool. been following your work with interest for some time. Great. Cool. Glad. I wanted to ask you like a personal question, actually. How did you get into this in general? <laughs> like studying Satanism, right? It comes from a variety of different things. Ignorance, my own personal ignorance. Also believing what people tell you that there isn't like an occult, uh, you know, underground or <clears throat> influence on political events. So it's believing that my education actually began after I got my doctorate. Like, it's hard mm -hmm. to believe. So <clears throat> my first book is 2010. So I, I really got into it because once I realized that secret societies, these occulted ideas actually do have political and sociological in effects and influences, that's really where it started. So that's led to my first book, Prophet of Evil 2010. Very interesting. It really comes out of my interest. It comes out of my ignorance. It doesn't come from, like, I knew all that stuff. And the, the whole idea of, like, the landing report, there's no occult influences. But, but then you start going through all these people's lives and political events, you realize there's a lot of occultism in, in, in a very kind of general sense in a lot of at least modern political events yeah no doubt yeah that's that's fascinating uh i wanted to ask you because lord knows with the books that you've written like you've spent a lot of time looking at some very dark stuff uh does it does it weigh on you at all absolutely yeah no doubt i'm not a, i'm not the same person i was before i started writing those books it's very troubling you know it's disturbing um I think that the, you know, I had kind of an active spiritual life at times, and that's kind of what's led me through and kept part of my sanity. I wouldn't say, I think I have a kind of modern uh, illness, kind of mental illness. It's called New World Order-itis. I'm going to, I have to come up with a new conceptual term to describe what I have, but it's something like that. Looking at the dark stuff, definitely has had an effect, not positive, not a positive effect. Yeah. yeah, no, I definitely hear that. And I just see that you're probably so many years ahead. So I'm looking at, you know, what about, what do I have to look forward to? Right. I mean, I would suggest getting away from technology, going on long walks, going to church, synagogue, whatever you have, mm -hmm. whatever you can do to get away from the stuffing. Cause it, it does, it's like a black goo on your brain mm -hmm. and it's it's something very profound. I think the humanity is going is being affected really negatively. It's like a it's like uh, we're being initiated without our consent or something into some kind of Sodom and Gomorrah 
beast system world. So it's not, it's the, the, the future isn't, it, it doesn't seem like it's stopping or m- the inertia is moving even darker and darker. So I, I yeah. wish I could, I could provide somebody with a solution, but I can't. I haven't yeah. solved it myself. I haven't solved it myself. That's an interesting idea because it's almost like what's that uh, term blooding? It's almost like everyone's being forced to like think about horrible things all the time. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, I am a Christian. I believe Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Mm-hmm. I like that phrase because it applies. Messiah, Messiah is kind of a Jewish word. And then Christ is the Greek kind of Western world. So mm-hmm. I like to say that. So for me, like, I'm not really a public Christian. I don't go to a pulpit or do speeches. But for me, in my private personal life, that's probably, that really is the foundation of why I'm relatively sane. I mean, I can't say that it hasn't affected me psychologically, but I think that the, my faith is it. And I really do believe we are in biblical times, that the book of Revelation and what's in Revelation is happening now. You can see the World Economic Forum. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's not as much of a mystery, like maybe somebody who isn't a Christian and hasn't looked through the, the New Testament, they, they have a different kind of thing. But for me, it's like, okay, that put that's in place. Okay. Jews have returned to Israel. Okay. They want to build the temple. Okay. <laughs> this is like Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. And it's like, even if you want to phrase it like accelerationism or something, it's almost like just a different term for describing a similar phenomenon. Very well said. And that accelerationism comes into play in my book, Global Death Cult, because the non-Christians, the paganistic worldview of the Order of Nine Angles and Adam Waffen, they want it, they want to fulfill, just like Crowley, actually, they want to fulfill what has been written in the book of revelation. So it's really a curious event. Yeah. Now, let me, let me stop you, even though that was a perfect transition into the topic. Can I, can I uh, up, up top here, tell you the uh, smiley face killer story that my buddy would kill me if I didn't ask you. Please do. Please do. Okay. So I was talking to one of my buddies. I might bleep certain portions for his, you know, privacy or whatever, but I'll, I'll just say it here now. Um, this friend of mine, he's in Canada mm-hmm. and he was telling me, like, we were just talking about how weird his town is. Like he was telling me, like, I haven't been. And he said that it's just full of this high number of German settlers to Canada, right? Mm-hmm. Including recent German settlers. Yes. Including, including Ukrainians. And he said, like, they have a huge Oktoberfest there, you know, that's not necessarily sus, right? But like he grew up there, you know, basically in like the late eighties. So there was like a quasi satanic panic in the, you know, you know, culture at the time. And he knew that there were like, it was like sort of among the kids and like the, there was talk of like a coven active in the community, things of this nature. And so, you know, we were just talking and, and it's like, we were mostly thinking more of like the suspect Ukrainian angle, like, you know, with some of the Cold War stuff with that. Mm-hmm. But just offhand, I mentioned like, hey, have you ever heard of the smiley face killer thing? Because I'm certain that I had just listened to one of your appearances on, I don't know, maybe Conspiranormal or The Farm or something. But like, he was like, no, I'm not like very familiar with that. So I sort of like explained the general concept to him and he was like oh no 
<laughs> he was like, there was a, there was a, like a young man who drowned in my town a few years ago. And I was like, <laughs> you know, you're like, at first you're having fun. And then you're like, wait, wait, what? And then like, so my buddy went out there and he like got the police reports and he went to see where this guy like drowned and where they found his body, I should say. And like, so he saw there was some graffiti of smiley faces, which, wow, right. But then this is what really, it, he was sending me pictures and we were both like actually freaking out. He was standing on this bridge, which is where the theory is that this young man fell in and drowned. And like about half mile away across like a field, there was, there's this huge satellite dish kind of like, and there was a, like someone painted a huge smiley face, fully like colored yellow, completely visible from the bridge. Uh, like I'll have to send you the picture and it like he was freaking out I was freaking out and we we're just like this isn't like fun anymore <laughs> like this is way too real yeah right it's not fun yeah it's not fun to look into that stuff so yeah I mean I think that I've got, gone over 100 200 cases but there's probably more which is really sad that mm -hmm. that's happening but yeah it's uh it, it gets pretty dark it gets really dark yeah no for sure because that like at first when you're like explaining it to like a normal person like lord knows you know it sounds like schizophrenic but then it's yes. like there are like a bunch of cases of this yeah there's hundreds there's literally hundreds it's yeah it's really disturbing it's not believable when i first learned of the smiley i came out of my research with the children of the beast right mm -hmm. so i'm seeing these smiley faces in alan moore and I, I go oh yeah i remember this whole theory there's this girl talking about it on coast to coast mm -hmm. i gotta look into this this is an urban myth right this is like bigfoot territory and then i started researching and then i started watching and i started keyed into jim smith who was a researcher and still is a researcher, you can find him on Twitter. But I started watching these bodies pile up. I literally saw the people disappear and later to be found in water. And I was mm -hmm. like, wow, this is really bad. And the first one was a guy by the name of, he was in Columbus, Ohio. It was uh, Jimmy, oh, I can't remember his name. There, and there was another one, Dakota James was in Philadelphia. But the one in Columbus who... Joey Labute was his name. I, I saw him disappear out of a gay bar. I didn't see him, but I followed his mm -hmm. disappearance out of a gay bar and then found in the Scioto River 19 days later in a place that was previously searched. So that was really where like the snap happened. Okay, so this is it. Then I really started researching it. But uh, some of these, like Igor Sarsky had a case, like he got into this, a, a very prominent researcher in the smiley face killing. So he got into this. I think it was, he f knew somebody in college who this happened to them where there, there was this mysterious disappearance later to be found in water. And it was a case I didn't even know of. And that's how he kind of synced up with me is because I started putting out case studies on YouTube. And so there's a definitely a community of researchers. It's significant who are like, this is not, this is not random. There's something, there's something, you know, intentional about these disappearances and then to later be found in water. Yeah. Cause like, you know, just me hearing you on a podcast talking about it, it sounds like it could be like 
stochastic like weird pattern recognition but then like my buddy went out and like found a case and it was just like oh geez yeah well it's being exposed like there's very dark corners of the internet and communications Mm -hmm. between different people modern paganism in a very general sense occultism chaos magic and you know that's the smiley face theory is what led me to global death cult like i was like okay so what's the idea ideology that's somebody has like i'm not saying that people in the order of nine angles are doing it i don't know like it could be i've asked the question but i don't know but what's the ideology of why somebody would want to conduct this type of behavior and just to let you know i think it's pretty much confirmed that the smiley has an occult meaning right like more had it but it means the symbol of chaos and the death of the western aeon so that's mm. really what it is so interesting yeah that, that that's from the occult viewpoint see i didn't know that until very recently i because yeah. i'm not an occultist but i knew i could make these connections and it does sound like schizophrenia there's no question about it but I would, I would, uh, you know, ask your listeners just to look into it. Start researching. You can see my two videos. I've got yeah. two documentaries. One is three and a half hours long. I mean, it's it's pretty exhausting to actually put it together, but it's exhausting to watch. There's so much information, but yeah. you'll see that it's not this phenomenon. Isn't is it's not huge. I mean, it's 100, 200 people, but it's not some phenomenon that's, uh, you know random it's not it's not some kind of just thing oh people get drunk and drowned that's very uh topical these are like people who've literally disappeared and later to be found in water in places that are previously searched very different yeah now that's interesting now let's get into (laughs) the order of the nine angles uh just for my listeners i think a lot of them do probably know something about it but just for those who don't who, who is the Order of the Nine Angles? It was a group that was started in probably the late 70s, early 80s in the UK by a guy who's named David Myatt. And it was really kind of a, it, its inception, it was a fusion of far-right, racist, um, national socialism, and occultism. So that's really how it started. It started very pre-internet. In very small pamphlets. So you can actually go back and if you read my book, Global Death Cult, you can just see I include like one of these pamphlets, three pages of a small kind of missive talking about different subjects. But then it, it just increased. So three pages plus three plus nine. And mm-hmm. it kind of geometrically grew into a whole kind of ideology. And that's really where it started in the UK. And my it's been associated with a lot of far right people. He was uh, associated with uh, the bombing of the the nail bomber in the UK. His name was David Copeland, who uh, killed, I think he injured like hundreds of people, but it was part of the National Socialist Movement, I think is what it was called back then. Really gnarly crimes, just atrocious. Horrible. Yeah. Like innocent people Mm -hmm. uh, targeting. He was, and so my, it was also in the Gladio type stuff, like really strange kind of parapolitical um, involvement. A lot of, uh, I think it was called National Action was the name of the group, but Global Death, that's really where it's, it, its inception was pre-internet, sending out pamphlets and stuff and 
advertising in kind of occult zines and things like that. So very underground PO boxes, things like that. And Myatt's early ideas was that the order of nine angles would differentiate itself from Crowleyans, from Aquino, from LeVay, in that they were much more hardcore and they believed in killing human beings. Like I think that and open and stated it in their in their ideology. And that was really, really the beginning. Of it. Mr. Ramsey, like like Lord knows, you know, like Crowley and LaVey may or may not sort of get at that. But like what differentiates them, you're saying, is that in the order of the nine angles, they were saying, yes, we kill people like for spiritual practice. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, I think it's integrated in the system. He came up with the septenary system. So he disavowed anything that came from Nazarene, what he called Nazarene ideology. So no Kabbalah, whereas Crowley Mm -hmm. did integrate the Kabbalah. So he set up this tree of word, uh, W-Y-R-D, which kind of like is somewhat synonymous with fate. But it was a septenary system, seven parts. You go up the scales. You have these, exe, what he called exiatic. He refers a lot to ancient Greek um, myth and culture. But you go up the seven-part septenary system. And then the fourth or fifth part, if I remember correctly, I think it's the fourth. You go out and select what he called an offer, which is a sacrifice, which is you find somebody to kill. And it's written in there. So that's their core doctrines. Those are their core ideology, but very different from Crowley. Crowley, I have a, you can go to my website, William Ramsey Investigates, and you can see Crowley's reference to human sacrifice. They're, they're, they're kind of uh, indifferent of his, his ideas. So magic and theory and practice have, yeah. has a reference to it. The, um, the world's tragedy has a reference. So you'll see it there, but it's not overt. It's not as overt as the Order of Nine does. Yeah, he's like almost like joking or being like hidden about it, right? Correct. Well, the other thing about looking at secret societies is they're secret, right? So mm-hmm. you don't know all. I don't have the full panoply or the full panorama of everything that's produced either in the OTO or the Order of Nine Angles. Nine angles. I do mm-hmm. think there's oral A U R A L doctrines that are shared. And I do think that there's probably hidden uh, materials that I don't know, but from what I could ascertain and what's public. Yeah, it's not, it's not good. Same with Corolla. Now, let me ask you this, Mr. Ramsey, like in the order of the nine angles specifically. So there's this offer idea where they kill someone for spiritual purposes. What is their understanding of what that actually does to you? Like if you were the person killing well, you become this person involved in creating aeonic change. So it's a term that Crowley used, like the new aeon, A-E-O-N. Mm-hmm. So you're an active member of this kind of Darwinian <clears throat> uh, project to get rid of, what would it be, like a useless eater? Or get mm-hmm. rid of, there's terms within there, they call them ho- homo hubris, so there's a different man. So it's very, it's very Naziistic. Yeah. Uh, Order of Nine Angles has this. So you're actually involved in this evolutionary thing to create the dark Imperium, this future 
uh, global empire that's going to happen 300 years in the future. So the intent is to get rid of these people who are in your way and then create this new civilization. So they have kind of like a space opera idea where they're going to take over and then populate the solar system. And uh, it's very similar to kind of Scientology as well. But that's really the purpose. That's the purpose of selecting the opera. So there's a lot of literature within the Order of Nine Angles that goes through these detailed instructions. On It's unbelievable. But how to select this sacrificial victim? Is he, you know, is he fit? Is he arrogant? Does he prove himself? So it's very strange. I've never come across anything like this, like written in it. I've read a lot. Yeah. Like I got to say, cause I, you know, I read your book and like, I was just blown away about halfway through and with some of this like culling literature that you were selecting from You're right. Like I've never read anything like that. It was very bizarre. Very bizarre. So very strange ideology. But if you look at within the context of, uh, national socialism and their love of Hitler, it's almost like Hitler's view or the national socialist view where you're getting rid of undesirables to create your future utopia, right? So mm-hmm. Hitler gets rid of Jews, killed one eighth of the population of Russia. They're setting a clean slate on, huma- on humanity for what they believe is their ideal. So I think that that's for the purpose, and for people who don't know Order of Nine Angles, they like adjust time to uh, they call it the year of Fian when when Hitler was born, eighteen eighty nine, right? So that's like so Christian would say AD or something like that, or Jews would have a different time frame. For Islam, but, of course, yeah, right. Well said, yeah. So they 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 time at Hitler, so and you see their iconography, their um, art, and stuff like that all. And what's odd about Myatt too is like he met, I'm trying to remember his name now, but this, this uh, military guy who really stopped the, what's known as Operation Valkyrie or the attempted killing of, of Hitler. Yeah. He, Myatt knew this guy who really was involved in that, uh, in stopping that. Like it's unbelievable. Like he knew this. So there's a very close tie between Myatt and these kind of neo-Nazis, Charlie Sargent was one. People in the UK would know a lot of these names, but mm-hmm. the US, they don't know. But it was a Combat 18, was it? it um, they were a big group, yeah. Yeah. So um, the, the guys, the military guy's name, it'll come to me. But yeah, he was, he was, known, he was known like post-war too as kind of still being a sympath, sympathizer with uh, Hitler, which is unbelievable. And you can yeah. you think about how many people died, like 60 million people died. Yeah. Uh, Otto Raymer was his name. Otto Ernst Raymer. Now, <laughs> it's funny, right? Because because this is a Nazi Satanist group, the O9A is in some ways the scariest occult group, at least on the surface. And on the flip side, you know, they were advocating like Nazi stuff that like was, I guess you could even say, frankly, alienating to like just the purposes of like white nationalism. Right. I mean, the nail bomber just blew up like whoever. Right. Right. Yeah. No, um, I don't think it's for everybody And there. Even like if you follow the the arc of my book, you can see 
that ONA doctrines were in conflict with the American kind of white supremacist movement here. So yeah. not everybody takes to it. Not everybody on that farthest right takes to it. Like these yeah. are actual Nazis, not just what the left calls people who disagree with them. You know, yeah. are Nazis. These are actual people who believe in the ideology of of national socialism, racism. Uh, we're better than you. Um, active. They they have kind of a external kind of macho heroic view, but then you read about their personal lives, and it's Sodom and Gomorrah, man. Some of these guys in the Adam often. Oh yeah. So they have this kind of public view that they're really macho, but. Uh, like pedophiles and such yeah tons of pedophilia tons of pedophilia in the ona it was one of the things that i kind of missed in my research when i was going through like i wrote this book what 2021 no 2020 i put it out i think Mm -hmm. and i missed a lot of that but if you go back and look at a lot of these guys who are getting arrested like my book was written because it's not just an ideology it's happening in the real world so these events these ideas are affecting people to do evil acts in the real world and there's all these young guys who've been online and not only did they get a ideology through adam waffen or uh, some of these other groups they are also like involved in really sketchy pedophilia and rape videos really dark stuff so it goes hand in hand yeah yeah um let me let me ask you this because i think maybe in a second we'll talk about when it you know shows up in the u.s and canada but while while it was still in the uk and specifically when it was active like okay i was doing some like with a buddy like we read alan moore's providence lovecraft comic book series you know just Mm -hmm for content because it's interesting. And, you know, we realized that in the Alan Moore Lovecraft cycle, there's a bunch of Kenneth Grant stuff because Lovecraft, Kenneth Grant was this, I'm saying for the listeners, you know, magician who integrated Lovecraft into his magical practice. And purely by accident, I was reading your book around the same time as I was preparing for that. And I was frankly like, shocked to find a bunch of stuff in your book global death cult which paralleled completely alan moore's lovecraft comics you know both with the lovecraft and the kenneth grant stuff and it was like a totally an accident but it was just it was really freaking me out (laughs) well that's what people noticed i never made the grant connections grant for people who don't know literally was at crowley's kind of uh, place in Hastings when he retired. So Grant lived there and knew Crowley and kind of carried on that kind of magical tradition with his own kind of twist, Typhonian things. But uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't notice that. Other people have noticed this Grant connection and there is in, within the writings of David Myatt, there is something where he distinguishes himself from Lovecraft. So his dark gods, he's saying, you know, I'm not taking this from Lovecraft, even though it looks very similar to, and the, and the impact is very similar to Lovecraft. So I don't know if he successfully disavows his influence and Lovecraft has influenced a lot of occultists too. If you want to get into that, that's a whole other story. Yeah. Because it's interesting because at least Alan Moore believes that like, and I think Peter Lavenda make the case that 
Crowley and Lovecraft were both through completely different means getting at the same like core truth about the universe or at least like they were picking up on something that's out there is I guess how they would put it maybe I think you're right and then perhaps maybe Myatt you know picked up on it on his own separate from them but we you know we know he also did read both Kenneth Grant and Lovecraft so I mean right no question and, and I mean, that's the, those are like the core doctrines of these 21 dark gods that was back in the early 80s. So some of these some of these ideas like the uh, the star game and things like that, I didn't see a lot of those initial ideas within the ONA ideology permeate the present. So I didn't see them kind of like the newer followers. They don't really even talk about the star game, which is super complex. And it was supposed has, to be a big deal. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was supposed to be because it's supposed to this black and white squares are supposed to correlate with these dark gods in the spiritual universe. But I think it might be too complex for the standard ONA uh, advocate. I don't know, I, but I didn't see that in these more modern people who I've followed, unfortunately. But uh, and it's yeah. it's also unfortunate because like it looks like it could be maybe a fun game to try once, like. Not for spiritual advancement in Satanism, but just because it's like this 3D, for the listeners, it's like a 3D chess thing, basically. Yeah, it's like a Star Trek, yeah, yeah, three-dimensional chess Star Trek type thing, but yeah. But all the, they have meaning, like all the movements and stuff have uh, cosmological meaning, my understanding, yeah. But the, uh, the story... The 09A story, the fractured flowing sea, which you basically, I think, include in its entirety. Like, it basically tells this, like, maybe overwritten short story of dark undersea entities near an English port interacting with shape shifting humans. These undersea entities are implied to be Lovecraftian, if not actually like Lovecraft's like named entities, right? which just like freaked me out when I was reading that while I was reading the Lovecraft cycle. Yeah, it's very strange. And they're, you're feeding them the bodies, right? So these entities come out of the water, see people at bars, and they're, they're being fed with their, if I remember correctly, they're being fed with their spiritual energy. And there's different groups interacting with these beings under the sea, right? Yeah. And it strikes me like Mr. Ramsey, like I know that you've talked about this, like with, you know, uh, recluse at the farm for instance i listened to that interview but like kenneth grant is like such a cipher right like we have his books and then we have a handful of occultists who have like met him and then there's almost nothing about where he was living what he was doing and like then here's the order of nine angles which essentially has what for all the world looks like a kenneth grant style system doing literal acts of terrorism around the same time that Kenneth Grant was active and alive. Wow. Yeah, that's very fascinating. His, he had an extraordinary output, too. I, I don't really know how many books that Grant put out, but nine, ten different Yeah, at, at least. Yeah. Very strange. Very strange. And then one of the things I've learned about researching the ONA is that it is a group project. So Myatt may have started it, but there clearly are other occultists adding to the corpus 
And that's kind of what, what I didn't see and which I found odd, like after studying Curly, who really was a one man show in mm-hmm. uh, full egotism, this ONA is different. So people will come later and add on to, and that way I think Maya didn't have a problem with that. So they would add on to and add writings to what he wrote based yeah. on, hopefully based on, and one of the interesting, I think it was a four guy named Ford from Texas, who's an occultist and he, Damien Eccles admires Ford who probably wrote some of the pieces. He was actually kind of, he was elbowed out of the ONA for not really adhering to the ideology, but it is interesting to see how much these occultists know each other. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And And so I, with Eccles, sorry, was that before or after the uh, murders? After. So he includes, he, uh, you, I've kind of come and go following his social media, but, in one of his social media posts, he really liked this guy Ford as one of his influence. He listed a bunch of people who influenced him. And this guy Ford from Texas was one of them. And Ford mm-hmm. was the outer head of the Order of Nine Angles at one point. So Eccles has to know about the ONA. He has to know about the ideology, in my opinion. Yeah. He knows a lot. There's a mo- don't believe uh, there's a lot of secret societies that aren't public. So mm-hmm. that's that's one of the things that people know, like, okay. Temple of Set, Church of Satan, yeah. OTO, ONA. There's other groups, I assure you. So there's super secret groups. Interesting. So, like with, like you said, Crowley, pretty much one man show. Aquino uh, did some collaboration, but he was he maintained a fair amount of control. Myatt, though, you said seems to be a lot more collaborative, kind of like Lovecraft in a way, right? Interesting. Yeah, I'm not. I, I wish I could. Uh, know more about Lovecraft. I never really had that moment where I delved deep into Lovecraft, but my definitely seemed to really want to have people, you know, work with his ideology that he started. So he, he didn't elbow out. So the, there's been, I think, known to the public four heads of the ONA, at least after my kind of gave up, they do this public thing where they renounce the ONA in the public <laughs> but once you see them renouncing all of the outer heads renouncing the ona you kind of get it like okay Let's see what's going on i don't believe i don't i personally don't believe it it's very complex it's very interesting like i to me i'm kind of i marvel at the intelligence of the ona it's different than the other occultists they're very some whoever wrote this stuff whether it's a government agency or mk often or i don't even know they put a lot of time and thought into it. Like they, the symbolism, the ideas, the scrunching, the fake to the public. It's very, it's much more clever than the OTO in my opinion. Yeah, actually. And this is probably a very complicated question to answer. So, but like, could you speak on it at least like, okay. So we know Maya had connections to intelligence, right? And we know that intelligence will often make groups either to flush certain people out or to do, I guess, agent provocateur type stuff. To what extent do you think (laughs) that a group like the O9A is... Like an operation. Yeah, essentially. It it wasn't an operation. It wasn't an intel. It's very fuzzy. I don't know. I'm not an insider. I can see, I can follow and trace the growth of the doctrines from these printouts 
that were sent and binders to people and how it's grown. What I can tell you is that it's like a software that people pick up on and they're doing it independently. So mm-hmm. if you look at uh, Von Nudigem in, in Toronto, who went out and killed, if you look at this guy, Hussein in London, who went out and killed based upon this whole uh, ideology that was uh, the guys, I wish I, I had actually really interesting in 2010, I was one of the members who's written for the ONA. I actually had a conversation with, but mm-hmm. I can't remember his name offhand. But so these people are independently doing these evil acts. They're not being, they're not being, as far as I know, they're not being puppeteered or uh, string pulled. So I yeah. think that maybe at its inception, it was trying to draw in people that they could use for evil deeds. But it's it's permeating the world. These ideas are in Serbia, Russia, uh, the Nordic countries, the U.S., Philippines, South America. These ideas have now, because of the internet, have gone out. And so you can bring it to like all the way the Bad Habits song. If you listen to the Bad Habits song by, uh, I can't remember the artist's name. What's his name? I mean, this is it's like a it's like a a Bed Sheeran's Bad Habits. Have you listened to that? I think I've heard it. Go watch the video because it's it's all ONA ideology. Nighttime, yeah, vampirism, shape-shifting, hunting, smiley face. It's all there. So is that being puppeteered by an intel agency when Ed Sheeran has this? And go look at this band called Bring Me the Horizon. Like Ed Sheeran's <laughs> writing this stuff with these guys who are like, I'm like, this is, this is ONA and culture. It's amazing. I'm, I'm actually in shock, like watching Ed Sheeran. This, the old Bad Habits video has like billions of views, like 500 million views. And I know the ONA because I studied it. So I know what's happening. Ed Sheeran transforms into a vampire at night. And then when the morning comes, the horizon comes, that personage's personality that he inculcated into his soul disappears and he becomes another human. That's pure ONA. Yeah, because it's like, it does occur to me, right, like with certain strains of Islamic terrorism and also certain Nazi things, there's like the lone wolf, like meme idea of like doing terrorism, like unconnected to other networks just on your own. And yeah, like you said, like the 9 a very much seems to be doing that, like, just pick up this thing, here's a toolkit, and just use it, right? Like Right, very, right. And, just, and just to answer your question, so if, as far as the intel, what if they started, the intel agencies funded and started this, they've made a huge mistake because it's now these this ideology influ, influenced Adam often, and they did all kinds of murders and deaths too. What, some known, some probably unknown. So like it's like opening Pandora's box or like the book from Evil Dead, like yeah. it's now, it's now out there. Like I, I've debated writing the book. Like, do I want to inform people about this? Because it's going to give people knowledge of this, I, these, this yeah. ideology. And so yeah, I, I erred on the side of people should be informed because people died because they didn't know the ideas that these people are doing. Right. They didn't know Von Nudigen was going to go out and stab people or some of these kids. So yeah and like your book really your book really doesn't glamorize it at all i will say that for sure thanks well i I tried not to i tried to see tried to just 
a clear pane window so people can see through the actions that all started when this ideology was was formulated. Yeah, and like, I think, what is it, the last third or fourth of the, your book, you pretty much lay out just a long string of really serious, like, crimes, like murders, terrorist attacks that, like, the O9A has, a, like, a clear, demonstrable, like, role in, you know. Yeah, and plotting and online hate and all kinds of stuff. Like, all of these groups, Sonnenkrieg is now banned in Australia. The government's mm -hmm. looking into the ONA. Hussein killed two women because he thought he was going to, you know, get some benefit. He was going to, he's actually known in the UK as the lottery killer. So he killed the two women thinking that that would change events and he would win the lottery. I mean, it's unbelievable. But that yeah. he got these ideas from uh, this guy here in the States who wrote for the Temple of Blood, which is a, what they call the Nexian, right? So the Temple of Blood, so, run by a guy who's probably a fed. So, <laughs> Was that almost like a money ritual type of thing, do you think? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, Daniel Hussein was the guy's name. Daniel, people can look him up. And a lot of these guys are still in the courts. I don't even think Von Nudigem has, has been tried. Um, the guy who killed another guy here in Orange County because of COVID hasn't been um you know, he hasn't probably probably got his constitutional rights in a speedy trial. So some of these these are still happening currently. These events. Yeah, there was the guy in uh, South Carolina, I think, who yeah. like that guy was clearly some kind of informant in like maybe five or six different ways, right? Yeah, Sutter. <laughs> like yeah. he was like trying to communicate with the DPRK, just like the weirdest stuff, right? Super weird. And that's the kind of the weirdest thing about the ONA is people don't know that Myatt became a radical Islamist later on in life mm. because he saw that ideology as furthering the ONA ideology. So yeah. Nazism and the radical Islam have commonalities as far as these guys are concerned. Yeah, we didn't even talk about the insight role thing. That's such a terrifying idea. The implications it could have for like law enforcement or the military. It's huge. There's there's these guys, at least in Adam Waffen, I believe that the, a lot of these guys had the Sinister tr Tradition, which is a book from the ONA. It's a formulation of our compilation of a lot of early Mayan writings. And they're going and getting involved in the military, they're getting involved in the Army, National Guard. The founder of Adam Waffen uh, was a member of National Guard, so he was definitely involved in that, Brandon Clint Russell. And uh, so it's very strange how it's permeated. It's a strange event because it's not something we've seen in past history. It happened because of the Internet and the availability of this ideology to be, you know, sent, sent around the world, really. And it does occur to me, and I don't know if this makes sense to you or not, but like it does occur to me that it's almost like the O9A like insight role concept could like plug into the backside of like, you know, like if your job is to be like an informant or a spy and like you go and, you know, take this role and you're doing that for your job, like boom, now there's a spiritual component as well. Right. If that makes if you sense. have a purpose. Yeah. yeah, no, it does make sense. 
and you kind of see how <clears throat> to me like nazism captured people's ideas like you have a larger purpose for mm-hmm. this impure impure empire right and the guy's name was yaki who, who wrote imperium who was a right winger very mm-hmm. strange dude who ended up killing himself but you see their ideas of their utopia right it's a different than a communist utopia or a christian utopia but they're they literally are utopians and they believe that by through killing people, they're going to going through this acceleration. That their their goal is to come out the other side triumphant. It's very very odd, and that's what the Nazis thought too. Very very interesting stuff. Well, I would recommend to all my listeners checking out Global Death Cult. It's amazing. Uh, it's a. I wouldn't say it's it, it's not fun, right? It's not believable. Some of the stuff isn't believable. That's why I footnoted. I think I'm looking at my book right now and I have like over 400 footnotes, you know, I'm at 500 footnotes. Yeah. It's one of those books I was going through and I would click on the footnotes to see, because I was like, there's no way. And like, sure enough, there's a footnote. (laughs) Heavily footnoted. I footnoted all my stuff and prophet of evil. People couldn't believe it. So I Mm -hmm. footnoted it. Somebody went through all the footnotes. They found one that I, I bungled. But they were like, wow, this is all reference. This is unbelievable. It's not believable. Mm-hmm. This isn't believable. ONA isn't believable. Yeah. But yeah. I do believe they're having real world events, real world effects as far as we can see. And um, go watch, go watch this uh, Ed Sheeran bad habits video. If you once you're done reading my book, go watch that video and you'll be yeah. you'll be astonished. I don't know how many videos I can't see on YouTube right now how many listens yet. I'll have to go watch it. I think I saw you post about it, but like I didn't watch it at the time, but like I'll have to go see because it sounds terrifying. Now that now that you know, go watch the smiley faces there, the change shape shifting, the mm. shrenching, the vampirism. It's all there, man. It's really incredible. Like when you watch it, um, let's see what it says on YouTube right here. 37, 373 million views. So these people are being, it's not a, it's, it's a techno initiation. It's not a true initiation where you Mm -hmm. get in the tomb and are reborn, but you're being exposed to those ideas. So it's another kind of, uh, yeah, something out, something's out. He's putting those ideas out and go look at uh, bring me the horizon, go watch that band. You'll see the Crowley's universal hexagram and their iconography. And it's Mm. all ONA. These guys have been exposed to the ONA. It's really something else. Uh, Mr. Ramsey, where can people find your other work? And I'll put some links, of course, but, you know. I have, I'm almost close to 700 hours of interviews on my podcast, which is William Ramsey Investigates. You can hear me drone on about the ONA, <laughs> Prophet of Evil, Children of the Beast, the West Memphis Three stuff, which is really current, actually, with Johnny Depp, who was a huge supporter of the yeah. West Memphis Three. was one of the main ones. And financed really their really, I mean, they had great legal um, assistance. They paid for it, but they had really the best kind of appellate lawyer out there. And uh, so you can see that, listen to me there. My website's William Ramsey Investigates. You can get side copies of my books there. You can buy them on Amazon. And uh, my five videos that I've done um are all on vimeo which you can watch if you're really bored they're not very well produced but i think the information is good and uh, i have two videos there on the smiley face killers so 
Yeah. I've done five hours of smiley face killing uh, documentaries, but I've, my old website, Cold Investigations, which is gone, had all of these cases kind of laid out where I investigated them one after the other, one of these, you know, all these individuals, like I think it was 90 cases. So it's a shame that uh, it's shameful that YouTube uh, book burned or essentially banned my uh, research. Yeah, I do have a lot of listeners who, you know, maybe because they're at work or something will pretty much take as much content as they can get. So for sure, for some people, I think they're going to go nuts with that. Uh, you said you had Dave McGowan interviews, right? Yeah, I, I was I was with Dave McGowan on Ed Opperman when I was a producer for Ed. We talked about mm-hmm. the West Memphis Three. And so you can go to Ed's site, Ed Opperman, and listen to me talk with, with Dave McGowan. I actually put up uh, Visigoth, who was really one of the really early interviewers uh, with uh, Behind Beyond the Grassy Knoll, uh, mm-hmm. interviewed Dave McGowan. So I put those up. He, he gave me permission to put those up on William Ramsey Investigates podcast. So you can listen to some of the Dave McGowan stuff there. And uh, he's, still, he's still influential, even though he passed away. His program to kill, I just did a show about program to kill, about these like uh, school shooters. Mm-hmm. And his work is still still important so trying to keep the tradition alive man well thank you so much for joining we'll have to have you on for lord knows there's no end of other topics we could talk about anytime anytime thanks for having me